Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's Hockey Show, of course, comes with a side of Declan. Hello, hey, Declan uh, Goff. Hi, Judd. What's How going are you? on? I'm good. I'm good. I like I like the name to that. Judd's Hockey Show with a side of Declan. With a side of Declan. <laughs> it's probably accurate. Yeah, it is. All right, so we are in quarantine. Are we? Is this show three in quarantine? Three in quarantine? Yeah, is this our third week of doing oh, oh, yes. Judd's um, Hockey Show with a side of Declan in quarantine week three, or is this I believe. Month? I think we took the first week off. And <laughs> we then, were scared back then. Yeah, we were really scared back then. Now I'm just like, yeah, bring on the virus. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I think this is week three. All right. All the right. third edition of these fun off corona covid19 topics that we've been coming up with yes indeed which have been for the past uh few weeks declan as you just alluded to we've been doing lists and we're going to do another list we are going to do today um each we're each going to have our own and they might be very similar because there's probably going to be quite a bit of crossover here our top five wild trades in history since 2000 of course and you are then going to provide an unknown nugget to me of, of a trade that i'd don't know exactly so, where you're going. Yeah. I'm but excited I'm, to talk about but it. But I'm curious about this. Okay, good. I think it's going to be fun. It is. But first, let's uh, start with uh, current events, which we have not touched on this show in recent weeks, but we might as well now. A uh, couple things. One is there was a report, I believe it was by Elliot Friedman, if I'm not mistaken, of Sportsnet. Yeah. That uh, the National Hockey League is looking at, and every league is potentially trying to vet their... Um, their um, scenarios for if and when they can return. Looking at putting all of its games at certain sites, including a slew of games that would be played at uh, Ralph Ingolstadt Arena in Grand Forks. There was then uh, Gary Bettman, the commissioner, who does such a good job, (laughs) went on with, uh, I believe, Mike Tirico, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? NBC NBC Sports. And he talked about the fact that, oh, get this, they might not be able to conclude the regular season. Shocker. Of course, he didn't say the playoffs, which also is out there. Uh, but let's start with with the plan. Does it interest you that we would have, and I don't know in what way, shape, or form, but a slew of games, let's say in the Midwest at the Ralph, and then I would, and, and then I also saw that I believe there was a mention of a place out east, a college hockey yeah, town, perhaps a, a out no, east in northeastern, I think, or somewhere okay. in the northeast. Yes. What does this uh, potential do for you as far as return to play? When when teams would have to be quarantined away from their families and basically the rest of, of civilization, and they would also be playing in empty arenas that are not National Hockey League buildings, but I guess are nice enough to house games. So 
here's how I look at it. I don't think, and people said you can put it in North Dakota because it's so dense and there's not a lot of people there. Insert your own joke on dense, yes. The issue to that is there's also not a lot of place to house people in North There's not days, there's only so many days in and Motel 6s in the Grand Forks. I've been there. It's the only town you can stand on top of your car and watch your dog run away for miles on miles on miles on end, all right? Don't lose the dog that way. Don't lose the pup, but I'm just saying if it's so flat, you can do that. There's no way in hell you can put 16 teams if there's, let's just call it 20 players, not even including the essential staff. Let's just call it 20 players. Okay. There's 16 times 20. That's a lot of people. All of a sudden, you're going to fit them all in a hot, in a hotel somewhere where you're, where everyone's quarantined and everyone's safe. There's no way this can work. Now, the Ralph, I will say, is nicer than over half to two-thirds of NHL venues. It is a palace. It is one of the nicest hockey arenas in North America. Been there multiple times. It's unbelievable. Now, the fan atmosphere would be stripped of it because you couldn't put fans in there. Right. But in terms of a hockey venue... You're you're better off at the Ralph than you are in Florida or Tampa Bay or the PNC Arena in Raleigh. It's a nice arena. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, and you can't, this is again, this is another conversation. If you wanted to take the Blues in the West, and I forget who's number one in the East when the season started. But let's just call it the Capitals for the for the sake of the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to take two teams, bring them to the North Dakota, have a seven game series, quarantine one in the days in and quarantine the other one at the Holiday in. You know what? We might make this work. The issue is you have 29 other teams and mostly 14 of those other teams and be like, well, what the hell? We were in the playoff picture too. Right. If you wanted to put two teams in North Dakota and just do a one game or a, a one series take all situation for the cup. Yes, that's possible. I honestly think it's possible. The problem is the league is going to push back and the players association is going to push back. They want to There's, conclude the regular season, Declan. That's impossible. They want to play out the season, which it's they impossible. can't do, but that's what they want to do. I'm telling you right now, I love this sport. I really do. I know you do. And and I look forward to a competitive, compelling 2020-21 campaign. But this season is done. It's done. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. And, like, what what are you going to do? And and as a fan, if you want to have a July Blues Caps series or something like that or, or uh, Blues Bruins, knock yourself out. But that's not a Stanley Cup champion. And I, hockey is basketball. You might be able to because you're just playing on courts. There's things that you could probably do, but I think hockey, which logistically is just such a difficult sport to accomplish, you know, ice time, all of that good stuff. And again, to your point, essential personnel. You know, basketball. You can make a case your essential personnel in an NBA game could be really, really small, yeah, right? Yep. Twelve player rosters, a coach, a trainer. Get rid of the assistant coaches. I mean, the PR, a PR director there just for writing press releases. Yeah, who's and, way away. And is gone. Stick him in the upper deck or her. But, you know, in hockey, there's a lot of personnel that's essential. Yeah. That is behind the scenes. You would need, you would need trainers again, doctors, equipment people have to be there. Like basketball, you could literally... You could do it with basketball. You could tell them. You could do two teams. Provide the equipment and get out of here. Yeah. Hockey, someone's mm-hmm. got to sharpen skates. Somebody's got to do all, all that stuff. I just, as much as I love this sport, I don't see, of all the sports, I think this one's done. Yeah, it's, it's toast. I hate to say Sorry, it. Sorry, it's But done. I think it's done. I agree with you, man. And then and then quickly, you know, Gary, the regular season. We, what, what are you talking? And, and then Bob. My favorite, Sergey. Your favorite goaltender from Florida. Well, it's not fair. Well, guess what? Coronavirus ain't fair, Bob. Yeah. 
Doesn't doesn't. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. It's not fair. Your great payday that you got, and you're and you're underperforming in Florida. Calm yeah, you down, robbed, Bob. You robbed the you Panthers. You robbed that franchise. And it's not fair. Yes, it's not fair. Cry me a river. But unless you wanted to do some type of knockoff, just quick fun thing, and I just think that hockey for 2019-20, Declan, has to have an asterisk by it. It's just done. Yeah, it's done. And, it's and if you want to do something else, that's fine. But you still are going to have to say, we could not complete the season in good faith. I agree with you, man. It's, it's, it's done. It's absolutely <sighs> done. But the Ralph, I'm serious. I love to poke fun at North Dakota, just like the next Minnesota hockey fan Great does. Great building, I've heard. It's one of the best buildings in the world for hockey. That's because Ralph put yeah. Ralph, who's an interesting and story. He's an interesting Engelstead, guy. Put a lot of money in that. A lot building. of money, and he has some very interesting ties to his past of other oh, fascist movements. Yes. Let's just put it at that. Yes, sir. But the but the palace of Ralph Engelstead Arena is one of, is a state of the art building. I got one thing to say to you, Declan. Go Hawks! Mm. Fighting Hawks. What a Chelsea's dagger. It's awful. hell. No, no, no. Chelsea dagger. Yeah, I like the Chelsea dagger. Like dun, 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 dun. In it's fact, hell. that's the perfect transition. To today's topic, which is, and we're actually going to spend the next two episodes doing this. Next week is an easy slam dunk one. Yeah. Worst trades in wild history. But today, during this uh, pandemic, we are going to be upbeat about the wild. And we are each going to have our five best wild trades. Now, now we've talked about the fact it was hard to find these. But to be clear, I have not seen your list. You have not seen mine. There's probably some intertwining, but yeah, you are correct. We have not looked at each other's list. The one thing that we did agree on, and this was broached by you, and I think it's a good uh, starting jumping off point, number one is being taken off both our lists because it's so obvious. January 14th, 2015, with the Wilds struggling, scuffling mightily in Buffalo, uh, Chuck Fletcher, GM at that time, sends a 2015 third-round pick to the Arizona Coyotes for Devin Dubnik. Easily the best trade in the history of the franchise. And we are acknowledging that, and Declan and Judd are going to put that in the Wild Trade Hall of Fame yeah, and make it and make it not part of our list because it would be boring to both say that trade. Right. I have it as, I call it 1A, and then I have 1B, 2, 3, 4, 5. That's what I did. That's fine. So That's yes. fine. So we, st- so we still have five other trades yes. that aren't the Dubnik trade. Yes, and this is, and, and, and this, I did this last night, um, and we're recording this on what Wednesday. So I did this on Tuesday night and let me tell you, I started to go through that list and thought, my God, there are so many names here. I don't recall. And there are so many trades here that had zero impact. We will start with you, Declan Goff, Mr. Pass, shoot and score. Give me your number five trade, best trades. And we're starting at the bottom and working up that the wild has made. Judd, I have been able to mention this man on the last three podcasts. I think I know what it is. And anytime I can use this to my advantage, I'm going to do it. Okay. It's, it's, all, it's part of the bit. Okay. When the Wild sent a second-round pick in 2002 to the Los Angeles Kings for veteran Cliff Ronning. That is my number five trade. A veteran that was put in here, was instrumental in the room, a great playoff run, a glue guy that could help that really young and a hodgepodge expansion team get to the Western Conference Finals. Yep. That is the fifth best trade for me in wild history. Just a second round pick. A measly second round pick, which, by the way, didn't turn anything for the Kings, too. Which, I, that does matter. So it was just one season, but it worked out. I will say, Cliff Ronning bumped out Sergei Zoltak, who was originally the number well, five trade on my be, list. Don't be running through a bunch of trades I might bring up. Okay. But I'm just telling you, he's you know my number what? five trade, Cliff Ronning, for a second round pick to the Kings in 2002. 
you know what? Not to correct you here, but I think it was better than you just said. I've got it here on a trade tracker as a fourth round pick in 2002. Oh, excuse me. A fourth round pick. June 22nd, 2002. It's in my notes. It's not one of my five, but I fully expected when I saw that trade. Do you like him because he's skinny and short? A little bit. I mean, I'm always. I mean, you're not that short. No, I'm not. But you're skinny. You're right. It was a fourth round pick. Excuse me. Okay, so it's a better trade. Yes, even better. It's in my notes. It's not one of my five. Okay. But it's in my notes. I like a surly veteran coming in. And he played a key role on that 2003 team. He was a weird dude, but he played a key role. Yeah. 5'8, 170 pounds. Actually, 165 pounds. So. Ordinarily, I might bust you and be like, you are such a rounding apologist or fan, but you just started the ball rolling, or the puck in this case, but I'm bum bum on really how barren this list is. Yeah. You're yes. not, I mean, your fifth one, I can't sit here and say, oh, come on. It's not in my five, but I wrote it down. All right. Yeah, you have to. So anyway, all right. So that's my number five. So glue guy, former St. Louis Blue. Vancouver Canucks. From, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a native of British Columbia where the Wild went and won in the second round. Cliff Ronning is you, the trade for him with the Kings is your number five. Correct. My number five is going to do exactly what you did, which is really show how much you have to dig to get a fifth trade here. June 27th of 2009, the Wild sends a 2009 fourth-round pick, which ended up being the 99th selection in that draft, a guy by the name of Kyle Bigos, B-I-G-O-S, and a 2009 fifth-round pick, which ended up being the 132nd pick in that draft, Olivier Roy or Waugh, my guess is Waugh, to Edmonton for a 2009 sixth-round pick, Number 160 that turned into goaltender Darcy Kemper and the rights to Kyle Brodziak. Wow, I did not see this coming. And Kyle Brodziak. What? Kyle Brodziak, as I believe you said last week or two He's weeks on my ago, list. became an underappreciated face-off type of guy. I yeah. think he was signed to at least a second contract here. I think that's right, yeah. But a trade in which you gave up two, two draft picks, got the rights to Brodziak, from the Oilers and a and a sixth round pick that you turned into a decent goaltender, right? Darcy and Darcy bad. Kemper, wasn't and he's bad. good now with the Coyotes. Good find. That's my number five. Okay, I'm impressed. I mean, I'm a big Brodziak apologist almost as much as Ronning. So the fact that you brought him up before me, he wasn't on my list, by the way. And you got and and the point is though that you got two guys or or you traded two draft picks that were used on guys that got to my head. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I have never heard of in my life, and you got. A, a very solid veteran centerman that could win win some faceoffs at the time in Brodziak and Darcy Kemper, who turned out to be at least a National Hockey League goaltender. Okay, I'm shocked. Wow, I, I did not. I missed that one. I missed the boat completely. I went, I went through six pages of wild trades, man. So did I. And I was I was at the bottom of the barrel. We might have been looking at the same list. Okay, so my number four okay. is a guy who uh, a jersey I used to rock back in the day. And he only spent a little bit of time here, but he was very good. Mm-hmm. And this was when the Wild sent a second-round pick, also involving the Kings, a second-round pick and Patrick O'Sullivan to the Los Angeles Kings for Pavel Dimitra. Mm-hmm. And Dimitra and Gabrik, two buddies, I believe both Slovakian. Yes, and they correct? were very good friends. And great friends. And that, that's why they got Dimitra. 
You know, we were we had Louie Nanny on Ventline earlier this week on ScoreNorth, ScoreNorth.com, and the ScoreNorth mobile app. And we were replaying a Gabrick goal, and I watched it three or four times. It's overtime. Demetra intercepts a pass in the defensive zone, and he's skating one-on-one. And then all of a sudden, like a flash of lightning, here comes Gabby on the half wall. Feeds a one-timer. Bing, bang, boom. Their chemistry was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a sad fact. They never really were able to get past the first round. I believe they went to the playoffs twice with Demetra on this team, for sure once. Um, and unfortunately, uh, tragically, I know Pavel passed away in a plane crash, I, I believe, in 2011-2012. With his Russian hockey team, yes. And those that, that dynamic was great. That that trade was great. Patrick O'Sullivan uh, and a second-round pick for Pavel, a, a very established veteran, and to keep Gabby happy. That was probably the last time Gabrick was truly happy here in Minnesota, yep. which was needed. So I, I think Pavel Dimitra, for me, cracks my top five on number four of my top five trades. I also had that written down on my list on my list of trades at the bottom of my honorable mentions, but it did not make my okay, list. Okay, wow. So this is perfect so far. Yeah, I like this. This is a lot of fun, actually. I mean, it sort of makes me mad because I wish we, we were talking about more impact trades, but it's interesting. All right, number four on Judd's hockey show with the side of Declan, Judd's list, June the twenty sixth, two thousand nine. In other words, one day before my number five. The Wild sends a 2009 first-round pick to the Islanders for for a guy who is still active, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's with the Blackhawks now. The 12th pick in that draft was the Wild's pick. The Islanders used it on Calvin DeHaan, okay? Mm-hmm. What they get back is a 2009 first-round pick, which they used on number 16, Nick Luddy. Yep. A 2009 third-round pick, which they used on at 77, goaltender Matt Hackett, who was then flipped to Buffalo in the Pominville trade. And what pushed this over the edge was the 2009 seventh-round pick. So they got back three draft picks. The 2009 seventh-round pick that they used at 181 on the Gophers, Eric Holla. So you get back Letty, who turned out to be a nice player. Now you... Screwed that trade up, and that will make next week's list, I'm sure. Matt Hackett, who you flipped for Pominville, who didn't turn out to be what I thought, but still, Hackett was a prospect goaltender. And then, Eric Holla. Okay, so I should have consulted you, because this was the trade that I was talking about that I wanted to talk about at the end of the show. Oh, okay. Because... Oh, you should have told me then. Because I I feel like it doesn't get talked about. Because fourth on my list. Because you essentially, if you would have plugged in Nick Letty, used Matt Hackett to get Pominville, and you had Eric Halla. Yep. And then let's just say from 2012 to even current currently, yep. you had Letty, Pominville, and Halla, or at least for the good part of the decade in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And it only cost you Calvin DeHaan, who is a, a a good player. He's I believe he's in Carolina now, and he's a top four defenseman. He gets plays 20 minutes a night. A solid player. I wouldn't put him in Jonas Brodin category. But he's definitely in the tier. He's in the mix. And that's all it costed. And I I don't understand how the Wild... Like, on paper, this was a great trade for the Wild, and yet they screwed it up. Well, because they flipped Letty for to Chicago. So, and then he, he ends up long-term with the Islanders. So, And that's what I wanted to talk about at the end of the podcast. Now I don't have to do it, which is even better, I guess. But... All it costed them for the Islanders to move up four picks, the Wild ended up getting three players that were instr- not instrumental, but were core players, yeah, good players in turning their franchise around the 2010s. 
And yeah, I feel like it's a trade no one talks about. So I, I'm actually glad he got on the list. Little spoiler that it, it, I won't be able to talk about it, but that's okay because it, it was a very good trade. Mm-hmm. So that's number four for you. Yes. So and j- just to uh, clear up the career track of one Calvin DeHaan, six years on the island, 2018-19, 74 games in Carolina, and then 2019-20, he started the year with the Blackhawks and is hurt or was hurt. So he's been a journeyman, solid guy. He's a good player. But yeah, this this trade, this trade in in the span of two days, the Wild made two very solid trades. Yeah, really good trades. It got screwed up after the fact. Yeah, but yes, I, I, I that was number I, everyone. Four. Everyone remembers the Letty for Barker trade, but and that was my point. I don't think people remembered what the Wild got to get Letty yep. and the other pieces of that trade. Three so draft it's, picks. it's very funny. It's hilarious to me. Number three for me. Is Jason Pominville, the acquisition of Jason Pominville. Oh, interesting. Okay. So Palmer and a fourth round pick the Wild also got in return for Matt Hackett, a great goaltending prospect who didn't work out. Johan Larson, who also didn't work out. You, uh, The Sabres got the 2013 first round pick Nikita Zadorov, I believe, who is only now surfacing in the NHL and, and isn't, isn't Roll with anything. it, baby. Roll with that name. And a 2014 second. I have this high on my list because, number one, this was a win for the Wild. They got Jason Pominville, who was an established veteran, uh, a 30-goal scorer, a great player in Buffalo, and everything the Wild gave up didn't do anything in Buffalo. So, to me, it's an extremely lopsided trade. Now, when the Wild made that trade, and I remember, too, when they made that trade, like, oh, man, Matt Hackett? Like, you know, the Wild have goaltending issues. Backstrom's not going to be here forever. We don't know Josh Harding. That's That's a ballsy move to give up your top goaltending prospect. And Hackett flamed out. Mm-hmm. Larson didn't materialize anything. The Wild ended up getting an established veteran who yeah, scored 30 goals, was a very well-liked guy in the room. I think it's an extremely lopsided trade for the Wild. So that was my number three. All right. Hold on a second here. I was going to check just quickly as, as you said that. Because this trade, I saw this trade, and I didn't stick it on my list. What did Johan Larson do ultimately? Then? I don't think. I was just going to see. Yeah, I don't think he did much. I was going to see here. Left wing center, is that correct? Buffalo, yep, yep, drafted by the Wild. Um, played seven years in Buffalo, 392 games, 38 goals, 97 points, a minus 41. Yeah, I mean, nothing. He was in Buffalo, which is, for God's sake, I, I feel fact, bad for him. He's still there. Yeah, he's still there. 62 games. So, yeah, I didn't put that trade on my list. I don't disagree with what you just said, but as good a guy as he is, Jason Pominville was such a disappointment. To me, oh, and and Jason Pominville's effect, true effectiveness, like because he got here, and I thought this is it. This is a great trade. To me, it always came to sort of a sudden thud end with that uh, punk from the Kings. I know um, Dustin Brown who elbowed him, and and it always bugged me. And in fact, we had Pominville on the on one of the old shows way back when, and I asked him this, and he admitted it bugged him too that. Brown hits him with that flipper elbow deal. Yeah, it was concussion. Him, it's really bad, and nobody did, nobody did a thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's one where you got to go after Brown. Yeah. I don't care. You have to go after him. And it always bugged me that the Wild stood there and like, oh, this guy that who we, we expect to score goals. Oh, he's hurt. Too bad. Right. Bugged me. Not on my list. That's my number three. What do you got? That's a good one though. Um, I am so my number three. I am going to uh, go into the way back machine. Okay. Way back. <laughs> When Declan was just a youth, probably. I was starting to watch hockey. June 12th of 2000. Yeah. The Wild sends, so this is all around expansion draft time. All right? June 12th, 2000. So they, they have yet to play a game. 
Doug Riseborough sends a 2003 third round pick, which is which was um, used at number 68 on a guy by the name of Joel Lundquist, who, yes, is the Rangers goaltender's brother. I think his twin brother. Oh, interesting. I did not mistaken. know that. Yes, he did not last long. And a 2002 fourth round pick, which was no, number 104, used on a kid by the name of Aaron Rome. Never heard of him. So he sends, so Riser sends two draft picks to Dallas. The Riser. For Manny Fernandez and Brad Lukowicz, who ended up going back to Dallas. But Manny Fernandez was a hell of a goaltender. And um, if you consider that 2003 run to the conference finals to have been fun, it was uh, Fernandez and Dwayne Rollison that took you there. And Fernandez, yes, Jacques Lemaire style helped defensively for sure, Dex. I'm not saying it didn't. But that was a good trade for a goaltender who was being underutilized, certainly at that time, by Dallas. Yeah. And again, it's also, I think, an admission that there's not a lot of trades here that I see as real in the course of 20 years, impact trades. So that trade that got the wild, Manny Fernandez, is number three on my list. Yeah, Manny was one of my first players I gravitated towards when I started watching hockey. I mean, that was a great trade. And like you said, he was buried behind um, Balfour. Balfour, yeah. Who in we, Dallas. Yeah. And even FSN, who showed that game That's when the, when say, the Wild the de- destroyed them 6 nothing. Yep. I mean, he was his backup. And he played well in the year before he came to Dallas. It, when he was with the Stars, he went 11-8, and a 2.1 GAA, 9.20 save percentage. And Balfour was a guy who was going to make 65 starts. So I don't blame Manny wanting to get out, and I think he definitely took took it and ran with it. They they won a Jennings Trophy together. Him and Rollison did here a couple times, and they were awesome. So yeah, it, it, that was an honorable mention for me. It didn't make the list. I wrote it down, um, but it was a great trade. Three through five is tough. It is completely subjective. All right, number two. I don't think this one makes your trade, and I I know you mentioned to me that there is one trade in particular that you did not end up liking. It might have been the Pominville trade, but it might be this one too. I think this was an absolute steal. For the wild. Yep. Cal Clutterbuck and a third round pick to the New York Islanders for Nino Niederreiter. Oh, that's that's the full disclosure. That's my second one, too. Okay. No, no. The one I thought you were going to. And I I think at this point, it's probably uh, going to be off both of our lists. I thought that you were going to go Heatley Havlet. Oh, no. No, no, no. I thought that no. was going to make your list. I will say the excitement of Because you could argue, because Havlet was a washout, I think, in San Jose. Both of it, yeah. Well, yeah, but Heatley had some decent games here. Yes. I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I thought that that was going to m- make your list. Not top two, um, but I thought it was going to be at the bottom of your list. In terms of excitement, I was jacked when Danny Heatley was coming here. But, July I mean, 4th. it didn't work out very well. So, okay. I think Cal Clutterbuck, who, yep. in my opinion, is like... <sighs> Just one of the most overrated hockey players in the last 10 years. I don't really know. He didn't do any one particular thing really well. He did everything. You know, he was an enforcer. He could get in front of the net. He could score goals. He played a lot of minutes. He was gritty. When he was here. He tried yeah, to be he, was, gritty. he tried hard. Like, like he wasn't fine. an enforcer, but he was gritty. And But but uh, my old partner, Jeff Dubay, had the greatest line about Cal. And I think it's true. His false hustle was off the charts. Like he False would purposely hustle. go around. He he would try and jack up his own hitting statistics, his hit stats. Oh, for sure. I see. By like running around the ice trying to hit people, and you'd be like, "Why em- are you doing that?" Empty stats. Yes. Another word for it. Yeah, empty stats. Yeah, I think Clutterbuck was was very expendable, and the fact the Wild got Nino Niederreiter, who was a fifth overall pick, and was just not fitting into what New York wanted to do. Yep. And look, Nino. 
I really liked Nino when he got here. I know it was time to move on because the Wild were salary capped to hell, and, and he, again, also kind of got buried because there were just so many right-shot players on this team, right? Or was it a left-shot player? Regardless, Nino Niederreiter turned out to be a very good player, and all it costed you, cost you was Cal Clutterbuck, who uh, it's just blah, and a third-round pick, which didn't materialize anything for New York either. So that's the, that was the second-best trade for me. I'm with you completely. And, and <laughs> Nino had a tendency... I think here and there previously to start to pout. Yeah. And the, the Islanders got tired of that very quickly and things didn't, I don't think they ever clicked for him there. They definitely did here yeah. for a while. But yeah, this was a great trade. And it was funny too, because I think that Dex, if you go back in the history of the wild, I think Clutterbuck might be the most loved player who most of us said, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Well, it was during it was post Gabrick pre Parisi Suter yep. era. So it was like those that twenty two thousand nine to twenty twelve era where it was just I mean, yet guys like Kyle Brodziak and Cal Clutterbuck playing accelerated roles who had no business being in a top six, but by default they were. So that's why, you know, because they were playing so much and fans just naturally gravitated towards them. But like because the name was weird, maybe like Cal Clutterbuck. He liked to hit people. Did we like the name? I think I think because uh, fans started to check out, obviously, after Gabrick left, and I think they saw Cal Clutterbuck and like, oh, this guy's interesting. And, and any pure hockey fan would be like, I can't stand this guy. Please get him off He's my still team. there, too. Yes, To and, this day on the island. And Nino had moments. I know, like I said, he eventually things didn't work out, but there's moments where Nino Niederreiter would command and finesse the puck good, on yeah. a team that had no business, had, had no one on them, uh, no one on the team that could do what Nino could do. And mm-hmm. that's where... I really grabbed him. So that was my second trade. So I, I, I take it number one. We're also in lockstep. I, I think we are. Um. Yes. Yes. I think. And even though this player has been here the least amount of time I, on this list. And this, and this to me. Okay. So, and if you missed it before, we are taking the third round pick to the Coyotes for Dubnik off the table and putting that as as you said one A. It's it's one. So yeah. that so that's just 1A. one. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're still going to end up in the same place. February 25th, 2019, Mikhail Granlund, a very nice and talented young man. No one debates that. Uh, Paul Fenton, the much-loved Paul Fenton, trades him to his old club, the Nashville Predators, for Kevin Fiala. I think it's got to be the top one. I, I think know. when you look at the skill set of Fiala, and and yes, it's it's not yet enough games to say he's a superstar, but the potential is there. And and what does this list lack? It lacks game changers, right? Right. And Kevin Fiala, what we saw, what now, for a month and a half, two months? It was like about eight weeks. Okay. That's a game changer. Yes. Like that's a trade that if this continues on this track, you're going to look back on and say, okay, Granlin's a nice player, but this was a great trade. Notice how five, four, and three, at least for me, Judd, Cliff Ronning, Demetra, Pominville. Mm-hmm. Guys who are already established, veterans who I wouldn't say are on their last legs, but time is not on their side. They're complementary pieces. Nino gets here, he's 22 years old, and you can control him for a while. Fiala gets here, he's 22 years old, you can control him for a while. You see glimpses of what could be. And Fiala's immediate impact compared to Nino's immediate impact is night and day different. Fiala was, was a game-breaker for the Wild, and that's what you want to do. You want to flip guys who are 27, 28, and acquire the 22, 23-year-olds who have high upside. Absolutely. This is literally how you build a team in the salary cap era. 
It's not how you did it back in the day with Cliff Ronnings and Demetra. That's that's not how it worked. Now, if you are salary cap stripped like the like the Wild are, these are the trades you have to make. And it might not work out for you. Granlin eventually might. Maybe he'll work out in Nashville or maybe he'll sign somewhere this July and wind up being the 60-point guy he was here. But you need to take chances on the high-end skilled players. And Kevin Fiala delivered that tenfold in this season. So it's my yeah. It's it's the number one trade not named Devin Dubnik. Look at and him. it's sad. Look at him, my trades. So five five is they got Brodziak and he could win faceoffs and was solid. My four, my fourth one is based on what could have been. I literally have a trade here. Lenny Hackett Hala. I literally have a trade that at the time or knowing what we know now would have been great based on if you hadn't screwed up the trade of Letty to Chicago. And but my point being is my fourth one, Dex, is a pie in the sky. Didn't really happen, but boy, if it had, it would have been pretty good. And that's why I didn't consult you what it was, because when I saw it too, I was like, wait a minute, this happened? Like I, I know I know the Nick everyone knows the Nick Letty for Cam Barker trade, but I feel like people <laughs> don't remember how the Wild got the rights to get Nick Letty and the complimentary pieces they also received to get him. And so, yeah, it, it was it's a pie in the sky trade because it really didn't work out for Minnesota. But if you see it on the surface, you're like, oh, wow, that was a really good trade. Yes. And they screwed it up and they screwed it up. My, um, my third one is an expansion goaltender. Right. Who is a good player. Yeah. But my point is three, four and five are my, on my list for most teams. Would be, oh, okay, that's fine. But here are the real traits. Uh, quickly before we wrap up, I got three honorable mentions, and they might be on your list, too. I don't know if you have other okay. honorable okay. mentions on there. I mentioned I earlier, Sergei Zoltak for a seventh-round pick, I think is a, was a great trade. Zoltak was a, a really solid player for you for three or four seasons, a double-digit goal score, yep. a nice playoff run, that's and all, all it cost was a last-round pick. Good trade. It's on my list, too, yep. Um, Willie Mitchell for Sean O'Donnell. Also on my list, Because I, yes. I know you're a Willie Love Mitchell that guy. Trade. That's, that was a really solid trade. Yep. And then the last one, that's another honorable mention, that really it was close to me putting this on five. But getting Brizgalov here for a fourth-round pick. I knew you were going to do that one. I love Briz. I didn't know you. I just, now, this is one where you just like the, the guy. The Declan special. Yes, this is BS. No, but Briz. Look, Briz, Briz. Look. Briz in the playoffs. I could have stopped as many pucks as Briz. Hey, the- he wants some playoff games for you, man. <laughs> That was big. I knew you were going to. I saw that trade. I never thought of putting it down, and I thought Declan's going to put so this those, one down. So those are my honorable mentions. I don't know if I missed any that you don't have, but those are the honorable mention trades. So I, I've got uh, four that you brought up as my honorable mentions. My fourth one is was on your list. That's the Demetra trade. Uh, my favorite of the four, though, that didn't make my list is the O'Donnell Trade to the Devils for Mitchell and future considerations because the only reason why that trade was made was, if I'm not mistaken, the Wild took O'Donnell in the expansion draft. Yeah. O'Donnell's wife was an actress and, okay. and said, I want you to be on the West Coast or East Coast. This Midwest stuff ain't going to work. Hilarious. I and so Sean O'Donnell had to go to Riser and the boys and be like, you got to trade me, please. East or West, I can't be here. And so the only reason why they got... Willie Mitchell, who turned out to be a core gel guy defenseman on the 2003 uh, team that went to the Western Conference Finals, is because Sean O'Donnell came to them and said, you got to trade me. That's a, I didn't know that story. His wife was an actress of some sort, yes. Oh, boy. I do like the fact, though, that they didn't send him to the Kings. They didn't send him to the Rangers, Declan. They sent him to the Devils. It's like, you know what? 
Your wife will like this, but you're playing for the Devils. And the Devils in one yeah, were, so were fine, but it's still Jersey. So, yeah, so yes. So the only reason why that trade got made was because Sean O'Donnell's spouse said, we ain't going to spend our time in Minnesota. That's remarkable. Um, unless you've got final thoughts, I think we're done, sir. I think we got them all. Those are our top five trades and honorable mentions. And yeah, it was a tough one to do. Next week is going to be a little more fun. And yes, those were the top five as judged by us, best trades that the Wild have made. The laundry list of bad trades, it's some pretty good stuff. And we'll bring that uh, your way next week on Judd's Hockey Show with a side of Declan. Declan, say goodbye. Pass shoot score. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see we can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.